1: Chris serves as Assistant Professor of New Testament and Biblical Theology at Bethlehem College and Seminary in Minneapolis, Minnesota. He previously taught at Cedarville University and Northland International University and served as a pastor at Harbor Church in Honolulu, Hawaii. Chris has also written several books. One of my favorites is The Whole Story of the Bible in 16 Verses. So if you think, how in the world can you summarize the Bible in 16 verses then you're just going to have to buy the book and find out. And I think you'll love it. Chris and his wife, Katie, have four sons, and I'm so glad to have you back on the podcast, Chris. Welcome.
0: Thanks, Champ. It's great to chat with you again.
1: So what verse do you have today?
0: Well, I've got a a half a verse. I hope that's not cheating. (laughs) but uh, That'll work. In Revelation 21, verse 5, in this great vision of the new creation says, uh, And he who was seated on the throne said, behold. I am making all things new.
1: Why don't you just start by setting the stage here? Who's talking? What's yeah. being made new? What does that mean made new? Just sort of orient us to what we're reading here.
0: Yeah. I mean, what we're really reading and jumping into is, is the culmination of the whole story of the Bible. Hmm. This is uh, is this, this one of creation- the 16
1: verses Chris in your book?
0: You know what? It actually comes right after one of the 16 verses. (laughs) So uh, 17
1: verses that summarize (laughs) the story of the Bible. It it
0: ties in. It ties in. (laughs) Uh, But it it really is part of the culmination of the story of the Bible that uh, the new heavens and the new earth are being established here. Really, uh, you know, the presence of God and all that's bound up with that, all the glory that comes along with that is coming down from heaven to earth so that God himself will dwell with his people. He wipes away every tear. He destroys death, he destroys mourning and crying and pain and sorrow. The former things have passed away. This is all in the previous few verses. And then we see the one who is seated on the throne. Now, now that uh, some might say, well, is this God the Father? Is this Jesus? Uh, If we keep reading, we see the same person talking. He said to me, it is done. Verse uh, six, I'm the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. Earlier in the book, this title is given to Jesus. So I I think Jesus is the one who's seated on the throne here. So Jesus is reigning. Uh, There's a picture of Jesus as the, the reigning king. And he says, behold, I am making all things new. And, uh, the 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 verb there is interesting. It's not I have made all things new or I will make all things new, but it's it's a present tense, an ongoing sense. I am making all things new. Hmm. So I I think it it's it it's going on now, hmm. even before we this vision is wholly fulfilled. Jesus is saying I am right now making all things new. So what would that include?
1: Is he making new everything or, I mean, certainly some things, like you mentioned, death and sickness, that they'll be eliminated entirely. What's within that scope of everything?
0: Eventually, all of creation. So the creation itself is made new. And, and I don't, I mean, I'll be honest, I don't fully understand what that will look like. Hmm. But whatever the creation is intended to be, it will be that hmm. to its fullness. So the world itself will be radically renewed.
1: So, does that include does that include animals and pets?
0: <laughs> it it seems like it. Are you asking me if you know my dog is going to be in heaven? Um, <laughs> I don't know. The best answer I've ever heard to that uh, is uh, from Tom Schreiner. He told his daughter when their dog died that uh, she could be sure that God would not withhold something from her that would make her happy. So Hmm. if that was ultimately going to be for her good for their dog to be in heaven, then their dog would be in heaven. Hmm. Now, I don't know that that answers the question, but it is reassuring that we don't have to worry about it.
1: Hmm. That's, (laughs) That's a good answer. So how does this verse affect you? And maybe as you've shared it with your family and others, how does it affect you on a heart level? What does this verse do for you?
0: It reminds me that the world as we see it now in its fallenness and its brokenness will not always be this way. Hmm. So, uh, you and I talked previously about Romans 8, and uh, there's some similar themes going on here. In Romans 8, Paul is talking about how the, the fallenness of the world affects us and how the sufferings of this present life are not to be compared with the glories to come. This is a reminder that the glories to come are sure because this is the risen Christ seated on the throne speaking. So this is the one who has all authority to use Matthew's language. You know, all authority is given to him in heaven and on earth. So this is the risen Christ ruling as King, declaring he is making all things new. Hmm. So the world and its brokenness will not always be as it is. And then secondly, uh, the restoration and renewal of all things ultimately depend does not depend on me. Hmm. It's not, you know, Sometimes we can feel the, the weight of the world on our shoulders, to use hmm. a cliche. But that, that's just the weight of the world is on the shoulders of Jesus. And his shoulders can bear it. Mine can't.
1: So if I'm hearing you right, Chris, everything you're saying about this verse, is it correct that we will not be in heaven for eternity, but will be on earth? Well... Both.
0: <laughs> with our pets. Yeah, that's right. with our pets. We see in revelation twenty one that that heaven and earth come together. So heaven is a place where God's special presence dwells. Hmm. And in revelation twenty one we see that his special presence comes down from heaven to earth, hmm. so that the dwelling place of God with his people forever, is this restored creation. Hmm. So is it right to say we'll be in heaven forever with God? I think, yeah, that's right to say. That's fine. But on the other hand, I think it's also right to say we'll be on the new creation forever with God because these two things come together in an amazing way. Wow.
1: So we're not going to be floating on clouds with harps. We're going to be here on earth, and it will be, I guess, literally, to use the phrase, heaven on earth.
0: (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Yeah, so this is uh, resurrection life. Uh, just as Jesus was risen from the dead in this mysterious body, we will be risen from the dead in this in this, these mysterious bodies. But they're, they're bodies nonetheless. They're, we're not ghosts. We're not, you know, kind of floating around on harps. We're not disembodied, whatever. But we are going to be raised just as Jesus was risen from the dead. We're going to see him face to face. Now, whatever that entails, I think we do take it literally. Our resurrected eyes will see his resurrected body.
1: Even so, Lord Jesus, come quickly. It's been good having you on the podcast. Thank you for pointing us to this verse and to our Lord. Would you just close our time by praying this verse
0: for all of us? Yeah. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are the risen King, the one who is making all things new. So even now, when we don't feel like things are new or will be new, we can be sure that if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. We can begin to experience it now, and we look forward to the day when you will come and bring the very presence of God to earth, and we will live with you forever. God, I pray that that will give us hope and motivation and joy, even during hard seasons in this life. We praise you for the great hope we have in Jesus. So we do pray. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. Amen.
1: Thanks for listening to In the Word on the Go. For more information about this podcast or to listen to past episodes, visit wordonthego.net.